0: Hello and welcome to the On The Line Tennis Podcast, episode 18 of the series. It's me, Jack, and my co-host.
1: Gavin, yes, episode 18. I know the number's going to increase every week because that's how it works, but uh, it just does seem to, you know, it's incredible to think about, really. I think we've only started this, we've only been doing it properly for like three, four months. It's like- I know,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that actually sounds like a short amount of time, I think, Ab, It does, be fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then now we're yeah. 18 episodes in, so we're like a properly established podcast now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Myself and Gav just back from a... Well, I I got pasted. Gav at least held his own, but we both uh, lost pretty badly. So we're keen to get out of our system and talk yeah. about tennis and play any more tennis.
1: just get clay courts out of our mind forever, I think. Exactly, uh, yeah. That would be a good thing, way to go about well, it.
0: Well, you know, this, this court wasn't a million miles away, Gav, definitely, to be fair. But it wasn't clay. It wasn't the horrible yeah, orange hue. It
1: wasn't clay. I mean, Rafa wouldn't be playing that s***, <laughs> let's be honest. No,
0: yeah, exactly. That's true, yeah. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, he's he's yeah. very, very t- bad in Paris. Good point. Yeah. Um, yes, that is what we're talking about this week. We're going to be talking about the Paris Masters. Sorry, of course, Rafa isn't generally bad in Paris, obviously. I meant the Paris Masters. Yeah. Um. That's what we're going to be talking about this week. We might also talk a bit about the Billie Jean Cup and a bit of the controversy that went on there. This week, it was Djokovic that was successful in Paris. I mean, yeah. did we expect it at the start
1: of the week? Very strange, very strange week, because obviously had that walkover um, in the middle of it against Monfrey, so it sort of felt like, you know, you saw him at the start of the week, then he was like, he popped up again in the Friday, it was like, you know, it just felt strange.
0: Um, it did feel strange. Yeah, I didn't well, expect it, it personally. Um, I also man, didn't, I have got. I thought it was a step too far, to be honest. Me, I, spe- sorry, I was going to say, especially considering Gav, um, his, his master's success this year had only yep. made one final.
1: For me now, yeah. you have gonna go. I kind of split Djokovic. up into two Djokovic's. You've got Grand Slam ultra competitive Djokovic, and then you've mm-hmm. got Masters one thousand. kind of need to ATP finals from last year Djokovic, where he mm-hmm. sort of loses the motivation a wee bit. Um, where well, he has lost his motivation, I think at times, especially in that match against Evans in Monte Carlo, he was flat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that that can sort of happen. And if you look at last year, for example, when he lost in Vienna to San Diego, six two six two. He just yeah. looked like he didn't want to be there. I think I'm not criticizing him because he's a great player, but I did sort of expect this week to kind of be a wee bit of a come down. Um, yeah. kind of, I want to get my number one, but then maybe after that I won't be as kind of motivated. But yeah, exactly. You proved me wrong.
0: Yeah, he did. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you in the Djokovic chat there for now, Gav. We can. Mm-hmm we can get onto that i think we'll get we'll move on to that last but there is loads to talk about there I, I i agree with the sentiment definitely i was surprised he won in general to be honest yeah. i thought Medvedev was going to win yep. um, but yeah we'll, we'll start with a few more of the things that happened at the start of the week i think yeah. the first thing i've got written down is well it's carlos alcaraz i think we can talk about him for a while probably yeah. It's outstanding win first to start the week against. Yeah, I think he beat Hughes Bear first, which was also impressive. Um, the the win over Yannick Sinner, of course, probably um more significant. Definitely yes. when exactly as you you'd expect that match to go. Gav, I don't know how yep. much of you saw it, but it was basically that's
1: all of it. Yeah, um, it was basically. And Why was that match in court one? That, that's I know, just, yeah, it's yeah. typical Guy Forge scheduling. I think Guy Forge seems to always make a muck of the scheduling. Some point actually a good Roland Garros this year, so I was kind of yeah. thinking Guy might get through the year without making a meal of it. And he, he did make a meal of that schedule. There was, there
0: was quite a nice intimacy to the match, actually. I don't a nice know. It's
1: nice yeah. court. You're thinking, yeah. these are two of the biggest future stars of the game. I think it was Kids Day that day as well. So, like, they were charging less for the tickets. Yeah. So shoved them in the main court. let kids yeah. see the future stars of the game. That's how you go at, no? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that, Gav. I'm um, so, surprised at that. And uh, I hope G4J doesn't sue now. But, like, that's just... That's not exactly- <laughs> He's the tournament director, Roland Garros, as well. So we have had some funny scheduling moments there. I think people would agree over the past decade or so.
0: Yeah, no, you got to call it when you see it, Gav. Definitely. Yeah. However, you know, the match was still brilliant. I, I And again, I think actually Court 1 um, had had a lot of the best matches of the week. It's on a nice to it work, I mean, it's yeah. just like you,
1: want, you think paying public would kind of want to see that match because it's like two of the most entertaining players in the game. You know, you're yeah. trying to grow the sport for the future as well. You've got kids coming, you're thinking, well, when they grow up, these are the guys are going to be watching, you know, with all due yeah. respect to the man knows and the Monfils, yes, they're home players, but it's like, are they going to, are the kids going to like, grow up in like, five years time and still see these guys playing? No, they're going to probably be seeing Senor Alcaraz at the forefront and imagine them being able to say, I was there when I was like, I don't know, five, six years old where I saw him play and I was like, that's what got me into tennis. Um it might be sure, yeah, yeah. but I just think you've got to put your main stars and the next stars for tomorrow onto the big stage. Yeah. You
0: know? I agree with that. Definitely. I think, yeah, when there's potential, definitely. Um yeah, I would prioritise that over even um a home favourite, definitely. Yeah. I I I agree with that hundred percent. The match was amazing. It was so good. And uh, Carlos Alcaraz is becoming like my I think I said it last week maybe, but I'm just gonna say it again. He's like my favourite player nowadays. As far as potential goes, definitely. I just I, I don't tire of watching him. He hits his forehand insanely big, bigger than Yannick Sinner. And that's the point. Like, if you can hit it, your forehand bigger than Sinner, then you're doing something right, definitely. Yeah, there's a
1: lot riding in the line. Obviously, that was Sinner's kind of qualification for London, sort of squashed after losing that. Um, mm-hmm. But I I mean, I think in the studio, they were, the Prime studio, they were saying they expected Sinner to win. I, I didn't think so personally. I think Alcaraz is just something about him, whether it's the, how hard he hits the forehand. Whether it's the discipline he shows and the rallies, whether it's yeah. the fact that he's got, even though he serve's sort of a weakness or not in his main strength, I still think he can get more out of that serve. And, yeah, um,
0: yeah, we were talking about that, weren't it's we? Like yeah, sleeping,
1: so it's like a sleeping giant. Yeah. I think I watched it. Definitely, I think I bet you next season that's going to be a bomb. You know, it's definitely going to like get back. Um, it
0: won't. It won't be long. I agree. So obviously, Anik Sinner is a top ten player, and with that win, is a an air of significance around Alcaraz that maybe there was well there probably was before but I just a few stats um that really really caught my eye after the win. By winning that match this is his top third top ten win of his career already, third this year. The ages of the big four, I guess we'll do all four of them, when they won their third top ten win. Nadal at 17 years old, 10 months. Fine. Nadal's a freak. Djokovic, Federer and Andy all within a couple of months of each other all older than 19, so 19 yeah. years and a month, two months and three months respectively
1: mm-hmm.
0: Alcaraz, is, uh, okay now first, I know Mark Petri had a go at some people online I don't know if you saw this Gav but he had a little tweet out basically saying you can't start drawing comparisons between Alcaraz and Rafa, you know it yeah. doesn't do anybody any good I counter that with you know, if you if you have facts, I I feel like facts are just facts, right? So, yeah. So I
1: think I think um, you can certainly compare facts. The facts are there; they don't lie. I think yeah. what Peck is probably referring to is more sort of the mainstream media will say, you know, in the newspapers, oh, he's an extra down. If he has a bad defeat, going to be like, oh, you know, look at this; it's a shocking defeat. For him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like comparing. Look, Different players have different mentalities. They develop at different times. Whether it's the body, their physical strength. Uh, although I think Alcraz is physically developed already, pretty much um, insanely quickly. yeah I think it's just more. Don't be obsessed with comparisons, but I think you've got to make comparisons when they're there. You know, why not? Yeah, 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 exactly. Harm in, in doing that as long as you don't put too much pressure. I think there's a difference between putting, comparing somebody and putting pressure, saying he's yeah. going to be this, rather than saying, well, he's this right now." Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So
0: yeah. That, exactly, Gaff. So my point is. He's on the right track, and that's factually, you know, if you look, if you're going to use that stat, I think you could make an argument that he's on the right track, and that's all I'm saying. Like that's so significant. That he's got a third top ten win at 18 years and six months yeah. old. Moving on from that win, though, in the next match we saw a crazy, crazy set of things unfold. I guess is how I would describe it. I don't hmm. know. Um, against Hugo Gaston. It was a very bizarre match, and it's it <laughs> not the only match this week that has been affected by the crowd. So, yeah. Yeah, he, so they played that, I don't know how much of the first set you saw, Gav. He I only... it, it was like a
1: breakup twice, and then uh, yeah. he kind of struggled his way. Um, I don't know what happened. It's funny, because like, he started off pretty well, and I thought, well, he's, I think he was like three love up early on, and I was thinking, well, he's looking good, and I thought, okay, the crowd might be deflated here, because he might go to the inevitable, they're like thinking out oh you know Gaston's not going to do this, Alcaraz is playing unbelievably well, it worked mm-hmm. out the other way, um, the crowd kind of got into it more, Gaston looks like a nightmare to play against though with a variety, yeah. I think he's like one of those unique cases, similar to maybe a Simon um, in terms of like it's just very very difficult to sort of hit, mm-hmm. it, yeah. they've got more variety in their game, they don't necessarily give you a lot of pace in the ball, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of players like, And they, you know, Alcaraz would like that to be able to redirect the ball very well he's comfortable, he uh, gives you know, you give him rhythm and he'll be more comfortable, Gaston doesn't give you rhythm. I think that maybe got to him a wee bit, and I think the crowd just... It's funny, because I think the crowd maybe overstepped the mark a couple of times. Uh, not just a couple of times, maybe a few times. You saw that in the final as well, shouting, bawling, doing Medvedev's last service game, I think, when he got broken. That's um, for another uh, topic. But like, I think the crowd... It's a recurring theme, I think, especially in... Paris, New York can be quite raucous. Um, I think a lot of them don't understand that you cannot call out when a player's about to serve. You just cannot do that. It's like for me, it's it's pretty much like you should be ejected if you if you do that because you're just you're you're ruining a player's rhythm, um, disrespectful as well. So I think yes, the crowd got to him. I didn't think Alcaraz would maybe collapse the way he did, though. Uh, considering mm-hmm. he's played in bigger stages than that he's played in Arthur Ashe Stadium and he's been able to do the pressure, but I don't yeah. think the, I think the difference there was they weren't all rooting against him. We yeah. had fifteen thousand for them rather than fifteen thousand or whatever against him. Yeah, um, I think yeah. that was the big key. Difference.
0: Definitely, well, I, I, it definitely was, Gav. Um, by Alcaraz's own admission, I've got a little quote here. Just first, though, um, I don't know. if... You said that, sorry, Gav. But just in case you didn't see, it, he, Alcaraz was up five love in the second yeah, set was, yeah. on so on serve. So in order for Gaston to make the seven five comeback, you know he had to break him three times to even yeah. up at five all. So there was a proper proper letdown. And speaking about the atmosphere, so the, this, this is what affected it by the sounds of it. Alcaraz seems like a very mature guy. I absolutely would take anything he says as you know. I I don't think he'd lie, but anything it doesn't sound like a lie what he's saying here um he's not making excuses he's just saying Mm. what happened basically he said i knew it would be difficult but i could not imagine it could be so heavy to deal with the atmosphere it hurt me a lot not to know how to deal with that pressure but like everything in life we get up and move on most important thing is to learn from these situations you know a ridiculously Mm. mature guy for such a, a young age um but yeah he he admitted that he couldn't handle it like yeah. he couldn't handle what happened, and that's fair enough. It's more
1: difficult, maybe as well. Maybe it's totally irrelevant. I think the fact it's an indoor arena, you're almost like maybe it can feel more suffocating. He's not got the, yes. the air coming in. Yeah, uh, it's probably boiling hot on the court. You've got the lights, the cameras. Yeah, and um, you know everything's louder as well. Everything's louder, amplified. Yeah, definitely.
0: We'll, we'll put Alcaraz behind us there. I think you know, obviously, he's going to have amazing things in front of him, and obviously Milan uh, in the next week, which will be good for him. Speak a bit more about Hugo Gaston. He also has Milan. Milan, incidentally. Yep. Um, speak a bit more about Gaston's uh, other matches. So I, I don't know if you saw. I didn't see any of qualifying, but I saw the, the scores. Every match he played was incredibly close. He, he, yeah. he squeaked through a three set, two three setters in qualifying, a couple of three setters to mm-hmm. start off. Is uh, his main draw against the Mercedes and. Connect I think. Oh, no, yeah. it was PCB. It was PCB and Rinderknecht, sorry. He played in won
1: qualifying. Yeah, um, yeah. it was funny because PCB played a blinder against Belmont Pair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, even I was thinking, I oh, know Mark Pitch, you got very excited. Like you were saying, it was exceptional. And I watched it. I thought, wow. you know, he's playing really well. And he's always sort of a floater where you think, you know, if he gets deep, maybe he could he could win. I mean, he won yeah. his first 500 this year. Uh, and he was setting to break up against uh, Gaston. And it all went to Pair. Like, it all went to. I went oh, to pair, like that. But that's um, a new English phrase there. I <laughs> went to pair. Probably why I'm not on point at the moment. It's, crap's coming out of my mouth, but yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he played well enough to beat him, to be fair. And, and then obviously the Alcaraz match might as well have been a three-setter, but obviously after the crowd involvement, it wasn't so much. My, my point is he has a very tricky game. It's very varied. It's not the sort of game that's going to blow anybody away ever. So there's... A very high chance he could lose to people be ranked below him. There's a very high chance he could win against people higher yeah. ranked than him. It's definitely that sort of middling game, you know, think, almost the I opposite the, of that big server.
1: Slow court probably helped him. Slow court yeah. probably helped him. because um, it was exceptionally definitely. slow court. I think a faster court like a US Open court or a Shanghai court, you could get blown away, you yeah. know, by big power players. But I think if you took him against like lights for a big hitter like Adele Potro or Baz Frulay and you played him in this court, I think he's got more of a chance. He's got more time in the ball. He's certainly got more chance to slice, more chance to sort of use his variety, come yeah. to the net a wee bit more. Um so yeah, I think the slow court stuff has probably helped him as well.
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I I mean he got through all his matches with some crazy, sort of varied, tricky stuff, sort of ground out some stuff. And against Med Bedev, he was really good as well. Uh, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he didn't stop playing well at all. I think he was up 40 love, 5 4 in the love, first set.
1: And then it went to pop for him. I
0: mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he missed a drop shot. And obviously, drop shots are, you know, guts are glory. You can either look like an idiot, you know, etc. I don't think he was wrong to play that. But then the other two shots were just too good from Medvedev. So, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I think there was, there was a lob winner at one point after him, and then a forehand drive volley as well, I think. Yeah. So,
1: like, yeah, he didn't really go to pop, He just was, you know, outplayed really. I guess yeah, to see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it says again, it's just part and parcel of his game. Like you, you can get broken at most times. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, if the other player plays well enough, if they raise their level. So, if he keeps playing like this, you know, you'll get a big, a big set of wins in a row. That if, I mean, this is a good start. Obviously, quarters of a a masters tournament, but if you keep keep that up into next year. Definitely, he could make a pretty big impact. Gaston had won. Like this is an interesting stat, Gav. I don't know if you saw it, but by the end of the first set, Gav had won. Gav, Gaston no, had won. I'd won that, yeah. <laughs> Gaston had won thirty baseline points to Medvedev's fifteen, yeah. and I mean, I would probably rate Medvedev as the best baseliner in the world, which we'll get onto mm. uh, about the final. Uh, so that's you know that shows how tricky he is, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but Medvedev did Medvedev things.
1: To be fair, okay. he yeah. And the lob was yeah. a nice wee Andy Murray impression there. I quite mm-hmm. like that.
0: It was. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, brilliant week for Hugo Gaston. Just, you know, if he's going to get a big win, like Medvedev, for example, maybe it's only a matter of time. I'd like to talk quickly about, we'll, we'll move a little bit deeper into the draw mm-hmm. and talk about a few of the guys who qualified, the The two guys even, that qualified for the ATP finals. Yes. Kasper Rood and Hubert
1: Hercacz. Yes. Yeah. Funnable. Definitely, funnable. yeah. Likewise. Um, I, I think Casper Rue, I mean, it's going to sound probably a wee bit um, dramatic, but I think Casper Rue's sort of qualification for London kind of validates ATP 250s. It mm-hmm. kind of shows you how valuable they are. I mean, he won four in a row after the Olympics. I think that's a big part of why he's uh, made London. Yep. So it shows incredible consistency. People say the draws are weak. I would disagree with that. I think you've got guys like Pedro Martinez and Joanne-Luc who are far more competitive from the clay courts, 250s, and maybe they are maybe a Masters event when Opening round, um, I think also to deal with the pressure of having to you know being number one seed or being the favorite each week, um, and have not gone to the Olympics, you know, a lot of pressure on you to win those titles to validate your decision, and he did that, and um, I think Nick Kyrgios tweeted him garbage as he all, always does. Uh, I think but-
0: that I think it's, I think if it's the same one I'm thinking of, Gab, it was it was like retweeted from a couple of years ago, I think. Uh, yeah, Maybe. Um, yeah,
1: Yeah, it's just. You know, Still, I mean, yeah, ATP 250s get a lot of flack. I think they're not advertised enough in the ATP tour. I think yeah, that's why maybe, you know they're very much kind of left to the side, left to do the wrong thing. You've got five hundred thousand slams, your mm-hmm. finals, the 250s sort of like oh yeah, there's a tennis tournament on. You know, it's very much like casually, you know, put left to the side, not marketed very well. I think Casper mm-hmm. Ruud just shows you, you know, if you win three, 4, 250s and you have a good year, that could be the bedrock yep. of your ranking points to get you up to. The World Tour finals, and definitely. He's yeah, yeah. A fantastic I. Player. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, from when I saw I first saw him playing Rio, I think it was like 2018 or something. I always thought he was talented, but could he translate it to hard courts? And he did that this year in San Diego. So fair play, no. He did. So it. It and, and he had
0: to, he had to do that to make the finals, definitely, because um, obviously it was very close in the end. Just interesting though, he did he did also. Uh, he, he's made the last six quarterfinals of the last seven Masters one thousands he's played. So he yeah. does still have a, a big chunk of points from big tournaments. Definitely. He does. Oh, absolutely he yeah. does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, you love to you love to um, say stuff like that, Gav. Like you know about you know trying to back Casper Rood up and say you know this is why he deserves to be in the finals. Anyone who doesn't know why you know the top eight players of the world get to the ATB finals probably you know that just says a lot about, more about them than Casper Rood, for example. Is more more I would say definitely. I mean, anybody, you know, everybody who gets to the final deserves to be there. I think that should just be the end of it, basically. You can't cheat your way to the ATP finals, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, no way. Uh, So, yeah, well done, Casper Root. He kind of got outplayed by Zverev in the end. It's turning into a little bit of a difficult matchup for him. One thing I would say in particular, I thought, you know, Root's backhand pass is incredible. It was so good in San Diego, for example but Zverev seems to be able to exploit that so well. I think it's maybe the size of his approach shots. I just don't
1: think Ru gets enough free points in his first serve either. You know, Zverev, that too. Can, Zverev can go to the well, and maybe the reduce points and bang an ace at 135. Rue yeah. not so much. He can serve 120, he's got a decent serve, but he just doesn't get enough aces or free points off it, you know, as much as like a Zverev, especially in a slow, hard court like that.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly, you're right. Just interesting about those net points. Zverev ended up winning 21 of 21 net points. Yeah. Against him So I'm it sure gives you that. Yeah, gives you a really good idea. And it's not really something uh Casper himself is comfortable doing yet coming forward. A few pretty um poor transitions, I would yeah. say, to the net um against him. So definitely work to be done. He's close, but he's not quite there. Definitely. And I I, don't, I think we'll get similar results in the ATP finals, to be honest. But um I don't wanna we'll talk about that in the we'll future, the obviously, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh I won't I won't spoil the party yet, you're quite right. Um and then the other qualifier, of course, Hubert Hurkacz. Yes. He had quite a nice run to the semis. Definitely, it was kind to him. I think the yes, draw definitely opened
1: did. up Continuing, a bit. I thought his confidence would maybe be a wee bit shot after the defeat to Murray um, mm. in Vienna, because I think his his level in the third set completely fell off the cliff. Um, mm. So I kind of thought going here, you know, he might get tight, might lose early. But you know, yes, he's favourite to win those matches. You still got to go out there and beat beat the guys. Um, you know, Kirkfall was in a great run, um, having beaten Andy obviously. Um, getting into the main draw, lucky loser. So he he had nothing. Oh, because... I forgot
0: about that, Gav. Come yeah, probably on.
1: best to forget about
0: that. Let's not bother talking about that one, yeah. yeah let's Jeez. Not bother about that one. As far yeah. as
1: I'm concerned, Andy's playing Stockholm now and last week last week was last week. Um... he didn't
0: he didn't play last week, did he? He didn't play last week, did he? No, <laughs>
1: no. Sorry, my memory's yeah. Me um... yeah, it's okay, Gav, yeah. Sorry. Uh, So, yeah, you've still got to beat the guys um, to to win. I think he deserves to be there as well. Very consistent player. Start the year winning Miami, sensational run at Wimbledon. Um, You know what's not to like? Mm -hmm. Another great player in the finals. Uh, Interesting how he deals with it, and um, played a great match against Djokovic in the semifinals. You know, at just one. Forehand, that you could tell you got a bit tight and he just hit into the net. And yeah, it, five yeah. all,
0: five all in the tiebreak. Pretty... Tie you know,
1: all the club players have done that plenty of times so he gives extra brownie points for me because it just shows that <laughs> on a Thursday night, I do it, her captain do it as well. You know, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. one thing I can do like him, and that's true. the same bracket as well. So it was double brownie points for me, yeah. Um, I totally, I, I totally
0: loved the move and the next uh, point, though, Gav. Um, yeah. the, the sort of sneak forward, perfect, absolutely perfect, honestly. And the backhand volley was about an inch out. Yeah. But that's all it takes, isn't it, against Djokovic? That's the thing, that's the difference. And yeah. He only just missed out, I think, because I think that was kind of his match to win, to be honest, Djokovic. Very nervy for a lot of it. Silver lining for him, obviously a very good silver lining in getting to the a finals, Gav. But yeah. the other silver lining for him in losing that Djokovic match is that he now becomes the highest-ranked Polish man in history. Previously, wow. Wojciech Fibak, I think, was at number 10. So there you go. I think we could probably talk about the finalists, or yes. their run to the final, so we might cover a few of the other players in the process. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking we could start with with Medvedev and just talk a bit about his run to the final first Absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah tough, one of tough, the match actually against thevashka yeah that, that was that was potential banana skin already, and yeah uh, yeah. yeah, he got to that well um very but, well yeah very he, well, very well, you know to win that yeah. straight sets um yeah, exceptional mm-hmm.
0: and obviously he had uh, more than one opponent to play pretty much every match he, he came on court, the crowd seemed to. Not be maybe they were against him. I don't know if that's unfair to say to be honest, because against the he was he was you know, he was definitely having to deal with them there. Corda as well. I think he blew kisses to the crowd after beating yeah, Korda.
1: I just love the guy's mental strength. Like he's just I know. yeah, he's, he's great to watch. I mean you've got guys that fold in that situation you've got guys that thrive in it, he thrives in it. I just love it. So Jok- Djokovic and well.
0: Medvedev. Both of the two of them. Yeah. yeah. They're very similar in that regard. I think against Gaston as well, he turned out his pockets. I don't know if you saw that. Absolutely
1: yeah, Absolutely yeah. terrific. Yeah. No. It's so That's funny.
0: It. He honestly, he makes me laugh so much. He's hilarious. Great I, I just character. Great he's, character. Yeah. He's you know, brilliant.
1: Like someone that tennis could market for sure. And that would bring, you know, people say, oh, we need a Nick Kereos character for people to watch tennis. No. Watch Daniel Medvedev. He's a great player, respectful. Mm-hmm. He's not a and um, he's, you know, he's a great character. He, he, he'll bring in fans. He can bring in fans to the game. hmm He's funny and he, he appeals
0: to a younger audience. I mean, he, also, he did the FIFA celebration.
1: I yeah. mean, that, that's just going to be 14 year old guys, you know, supporting him just because he did that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, exactly. Anyone yeah. Open. But yeah, um, fair play. I think, you know, he did very well this week. Difficult draw, you know, Corder mm-hmm. as well. Um, he's no, he slouch, well. no slouch at all. He's a very, very good player. And uh, yeah. the Bashka first up, that's a bit of a horrible first round. You could have easier ones than that. Um, and then You got Gaston against the crowd, uh, yep. and then he absolutely demolished Zverev in the semi-finals.
0: Yeah, damp squib of the week, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, six... I wanted to see more of those matchups this year because I, I think that's a really intriguing matchup uh, in terms yeah. of like two players that are totally different, but like when, they, when you put them on, like I think best of five sets, it would be you could get like a five-hour thriller there. Um, yeah, definitely. That, that just totally was damp squib. Um, yeah, very surprising.
0: Yeah, I at the same time he has been. I think that's the last four matches he's won against Zverev. He's kind of turned the tables in their their rivalry a bit. He just sort of talk a bit about how he actually managed to unpick him. Some Mm. of this stuff doesn't sound so surprising, I suppose, because it is a recurring theme gap. But at the same time, you're quite right. You know, Zverev at his best should do better. Definitely should do better than six two six two. Obviously, Um, but I think Medvedev does have the edge most of the time here. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he he totally destroyed. Zverev's second serve. He won his lowest amount of second serve points this year, where yeah. in a match, yeah, first points, first serve points weren't far off. I think he was winning under fifty percent of his service points in general. Maybe it was bang on fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Serve got completely taken out of the equation. That's the thing. And as soon as it becomes a baseline rally. I think Medvedev, again, I'll say it again, I think he's the best baseliner in the world. Like yeah. he's, he's, I he's got think the patience. I think
1: sometimes becomes too passive in, in rallies, though. I think he, mm-hmm. maybe especially maybe that's why in the majors, I think in the early rounds when you watch him, he does make it difficult for himself at times. And he had, this had been coming, I think, because in Vienna, there was times where he was maybe a set to break up and he dropped the second set just for a moment of lapse and maybe him just thinking, I've got this, and just nice rallies in the baseline. I not yeah. he's aggressive enough at times. I really don't. Um,
0: yeah, I get I, at the same time though. I mean, he was trying sometimes, Gav. I've got a few stats for you here. 17 backhand unforced errors to Medvedev's five, seven yeah. unforced errors overall to 34 from Zerev. Outplayed him in rallies over five shots, 38 to 14. That's that's massive, by the way. Mad stats. That just shows that, it's very, you know, Medvedev. He he had you know, he was happy to camp out from the back of the court from the start yeah. of the match. I think he was just aware the conditions were slow enough that it, it might prove difficult for Zverev and it was a lot better than I think he could have anticipated. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Really good match for him. Um yeah. I think honestly that it just shows how stubborn Medvedev is, I just want to say a bit about that, because or it shows how stubborn Zverev is. I don't know how much you agree with this, Gav, but there was times where I felt like they should Zverev could stop just going For backhands, he was almost trying to save my backhands better than yours, Daniel, yeah, like, I'm just I gonna keep going there.
1: For I think he is too stubborn, I don't think he's as tactical as you. you know, he doesn't change his tactics during a match, um, yeah, as mm-hmm. much as a Medvedev, Medvedev can. It does hurt, it hurt him in the final last year in Paris, you know, he didn't yeah. recognize how medbedev was, you know, pulling the reins and you know, beginning to dominate, and he didn't do anything about it, um, yeah. Is something you maybe need to look at, but definitely. I, mean,
0: I think at the same time, Gabby, he did try and change it up in this match, but he didn't, he failed like he, yeah. he, he was coming into the net a lot and he just wasn't but doing maybe
1: trying a wee bit too late. I think, um, maybe, yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. That's the yeah. problem, yeah. It was, it was, you know, it was an entertaining match for different reasons, though. I still quite like watching it, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we could move on to the titleists, run yeah. to the final, and then talk a bit about the final, yes. Um, So Djokovic made his return at the start of the week.
1: You did Instantly thrown into the the Lions' den against Fusevich. Yeah, I love watching Martin Fiskewicz play because you never know what you're going to get. When he plays well, he's great. When he plays crap, it's a wee bit, you know, it's not not pleasant. Um, Yeah, yeah. But no, I thought Fushkiewicz played very well, actually, in that match. I think he forced Jockiewicz to find an extra gear. And I think that might have actually been beneficial for Novak at the start of the week, being forced to find that extra gear. He wasn't allowed to have a wee lull in, especially you consider him he's pulled out. Um, so you know, yeah. he had to find that extra gear early, put him on his toes, and um, forced him to kind of mentally, I think, go to a different headspace. You know, maybe in the early rounds, he's been OK. You know, I can win this screen to play plan B you know, B-level tennis. I think he was forced to sort of bring his A game from the very yeah. first match in the tournament. I think that's probably benefited him.
0: Probably did. Yeah, obviously having come through in hindsight. Um, but yeah, for me, Fusevich falls into the same category of players as PCB, RBA. I was thinking solid backhand. It's never going to give you anything, basically. Just super fit and super difficult to break down. Almost quite a Djokovic-esque game. Um, that you know sometimes he, he can't outplay himself on mm-hmm. Sundays when he's, uh, he's not quite feeling it so I agree with you like, it was probably the, the biggest test he could have had in that sort of category of a uh, rank of player definitely yeah Um. so yeah after after he beat Fusevic he moved on to we didn't we, didn't, we were denied the Jocko v which was a shame but I mean Monfils said that at his best he's not beat him with an injury there's no way he was yeah, I mean, I, that was I knew I mean, that was that.
1: the night before when he sort of said yeah. the press conference, "I've got in an injury." I thought, well, yeah, that that's it, know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not um, coming but, out,
0: not coming out against Djokovic with that. Not not coming out against the guy who's got love seventeen against with that. I think definitely. The next match, I think, after Fusevich had prepped him yeah. against Taylor Fritz, Djokovic, yeah. I think it was a masterclass against him personally. It was, yeah. it, was a, it was a really really good match. Fritz is super informed, actually, you know. Had a chance going into that match. Definitely, yeah. I thought it could have been really tough.
1: was where I know I can beat him, and then it was like yeah. an hour and thirteen minutes later. Even though he got like four and three, it was like, well, no, pal, it's, it didn't happen for you today, you know. It's mm-hmm. like...
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I've been talking about how how well Fritz was moving at the start of the year, Gav, and then it's like he comes up against Djokovic, and you really get to see how well he's moving, and yeah. you kind of realize they're still actually improvements to be made. I don't think mm. anybody has made him look as amateurish as, as that all year, to be honest. Um, yeah. These are the sort of wins for me, Gav, that kind of don't get talked about enough. The sort of wins that Djokovic just like, you know, pulls off in his sleep. They don't really get noticed. Like, yeah. that, that. these are the reasons that he just One wins tournaments so all Fritz the time.
1: He's playing unbelievably well. I mean, what scoreline that is? Seven
0: yeah. games. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Fritz was playing so well going, coming into this match. Yeah. Like, I I just I yeah, I, I like stressing that. I just think people who dislike Djokovic, you know, I, I just you need to look at a match like well, maybe I understand you disliking him sort of winning matches like that to be fair. It's just like he does it in his He's sleep sometimes.
1: Here. I, <laughs> I mean people who don't like Djokovic you're talking about pretty much ninety percent of tennis Twitter. So yeah. you, you've got a big audience there. Um Yeah. Yes, um r- wrong in my opinion. But uh, yeah that, that's for none a day, that's for none of rant. Um but yeah, I think you're right. These wins don't get talked about enough. Um, they, they sort of, um, we just take it for granted. Well, Joffrey's yeah. his favourite. That's what he does. It's like, well, it does require a hell of a lot of effort in his Parkinson. And it's his second match back yeah. for like two months. And he's just turned up and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And 13 minutes later, boom, done, win. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so impressive. Honestly, yeah. I, was, I was thoroughly impressed by it. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, brilliant. And then the next match was against Hercatch, We kind of talked about that already, so mm-hmm. we can talk about the the final, which the final, was yes. super impressive. Yeah, it, it was good stuff. Very good. First thing that strikes me just quickly, Gav, was how much fun Djokovic was having on court. Yeah. I don't know if it's because his kids were there.
1: That's my theory, to be honest. Felt more relaxed. I think he's just in a place now where he's more relaxed. Um, I think, especially after having not got the four in you know, the Golden Slam, a year Slam. To play yeah. for now, I think he just thinks, well, this is the end of my year anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, I I I just feel more relaxed. And um, to be yeah. fair, it was a great final to watch. I'd maybe say seven out of ten final. It could have been an eight or a nine had the dip from Medvedev maybe not happened in the third set, and you could tell he mentally at the end. He wasn't coming back. Um, but that was a yeah. crowd. Um.
0: There really. was just the just the odd shot here and there that kind of gave him that last break. Yeah, and and at the change of ends
1: at 5 2 when he was talking to the umpire. I thought, yeah, this is this is done. Um, mm-hmm. But I, what struck me was how much Djokovic utilised the Sermon Volley. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't expect that at all with Sermon Volley, really, considering that he's maybe not the best net player out of the Big Four. Um, but he utilised it very, very well. Uh, I thought he was, you know, it shows you, number one player in the world. You you can adapt and win matches in lots of different ways, and uh, yeah. that's what it did. To for me, Gav, at the moment in terms of form, I think Djokovic
0: is the second best big four net player. Honestly, I think mm. I think under pressure nowadays, he can do. He he has made it part of his game. But that's my argument, basically. I know maybe, maybe he's
1: overtaking the- Murray a bit now. I think Murray in prime would have been a better net player. I think Murray now maybe Novak's a bit better. But yeah. Uh, it's difficult. Rafa's clearly the best for me. Um
0: I think Pedro's the best to be honest. I was uh, gonna Raff say Fe- many, I man, was gonna indeed. say Fedor. Especially
1: when you've watched how he played in the Davis Cup twenty nineteen mm-hmm. touch moments, Rafa volley master class. Roger yeah. very good, um obviously as well. That's why I put Djokovic low down. But yeah, each their own. Yeah. Snap yeah. a dozen. They both are yeah. better than me anyway. That, that's what you know we <laughs> <you> can't establish. <laughs> for me for me, Gab, I think the
0: reason he came out seven volleying this is this is really getting into the, the sort of nitty gritty of the Djokovic Medvedev uh, rivalry, which is mm. absolutely fascinating, honestly. It's like one of my favourite things to analyse as, as an analyst, definitely. Um, for me, getting really deep into it, if we look at the US Open final, where Djokovic was not playing anywhere near his best, of course, we knew that. Mm. He still found a winning percentage on his serving volleys. And yes. quite frankly, he was you know underperforming in every other department. So I think him looking at that final and saying that actually worked in a situation where I was playing pretty poorly, I think for him to bring that to him in the next match, mm-hmm. it's a smart move. It really is. And I think he also respected the fact that Medvedev could potentially be the best baseliner in the world at the moment. That, that, that's, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um,
1: that's what I was I kind of thought out as well. Um, especially at the start of the match, he started off very slowly, you know, made some, unf- I think he made like eight unforced errors in the first three games. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, well what's he going to do here? I'm a bit worried about this. And then again, you go to serve and volley, you know, you can get three points, you know, finish the point quicker. Um, and I think he started to play better from the back after utilising the serve and volley more. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a good, it's a good play against Medvedev.
0: Like one thing he was doing with the volley, he was dropping it short. So if you drop the volley short, you know, and hit a good serve against a guy that's camped five metres behind the baseline, he's really gonna struggle to get the ball back. Yeah. Like if you can execute and Djokovic was executing, it's not easy to execute, that's the thing. But that that that's one why one. my that, that's that that is where my argument is, Gav, to say I think Djokovic is the second best big four volleyer at the it's moment. Bit,
1: I guess at the moment, yes. I think historically, not
0: historically No, historically no.
1: historically, no. That's I think I was talking from a historical point of yeah. view. At Histo- the moment, in the live rankings, yeah. yes, but I would say historically he's the worst. Historically, I think he's yeah. the worst. Um, yeah. I don't Definitely. like people's volleys, but yeah, historically he's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> my
0: yeah. miles. I mean, yeah, I, I shouldn't really be in a position to slag any shot in the game, to be honest. If we're going to start yes, thinking I just about think that, not
1: going to be popular with a number of people after this podcast, not going to be popular with Guy g <laughs> not with man you know, Monfeet was saying Alcaraz should be shoved onto the centre-court ahead of him, <laughs> and now not Djokovic. Four people in the space of 47 minutes, that's an average of one person I'm upsetting pretty much every 10 minutes. So oh, um, no, I like it, Gav. I'll be sued at some point. Keep building Keep your enemies, up, definitely, up. I like it. What it takes.
0: <laughs> with the win, hmm. Djokovic breaks a couple of records. Well, actually, this second one isn't a record, but this stat absolutely amazed me. So, yeah, he gets his status of a Masters title, overtakes Nadal at the top of the tree, probably will be the guy to have the most Masters titles at the end of the day, but we won't start counting our chickens yet, obviously. Yeah. Um, mad stat, Gav. Last 100 Masters Djokovic has played, he's made the final in 50% of them. Yeah. So one in every two. Not it's too just...
1: savvy,
0: that. Not it's hard. not bad, is it? It's not a bad record I'd, at
1: all. I'd sign up for that.
0: I'd, yeah, I'd take that, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's a, unbelievable.
0: It's kind of it's difficult to wrap your head around, to be honest. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing.
1: So the, guy, good. the guy's just superhuman, isn't he, in terms of tennis level? Yeah. All the big mm-hmm. 4 Um Yeah, that, that's just a joke. I mean, that...
0: It's mad. Yeah. Mad. Um, yeah, yeah, just uh, it's quite clearly, I think it's the first time I've seen Djokovic um, with his kids on court, I'm of sure course. they've been there before. But
1: yeah, that press and his, well not press conferences on court speech. Um, but yeah, I think that, that probably reflects why he's more relaxed. I don't think he's yeah. gonna have the, you know, Olympics. Let's chuck my racket and. Scream, which I love watching. Definitely I don't not. think his kids yeah. are going to be. Um, only really his wife would thank him too much for that. No,
0: he, he he was genuinely trying to set an example. I think it's good for him. Like it seems yeah. to be definitely but relax him so much, and he he was more relaxed in the previous match. He said that you know he said the pressure was off. Basically, he sort of set the record. Now yeah. he could just play freely. So you're in
1: number one. Um, yeah. Happy days. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, yeah, so well done, awesome Djokovic. Really good start. Um, I I, I you know I'm I'm. I'm a neutral in his success, and I kind of like watching it at the same time. Yes. So yeah, I, I think it's cool, definitely. Yeah. Um. Just quickly before we move on, I don't know if you saw who won the doubles, but it was uh Poets and um Poets and Venus. Yes. Yeah. Beat, yes. uh, beat Herbert and Mahu 11-9 in a match tiebreak. Yeah. Um. Crowd tried to get as interactive as they could, so they actually pushed them through the the match before. Um, against who was it? Suarez, no, it wasn't Suarez and Murray. Sorry, that was played and Venus that beat them. Was it? it was Polisek and Pierce. I think Pierce. That's yes. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were pretty much down and out. I mean, Polisek and Pierce were playing so much better than them, and the crowds literally like they made the difference hundred percent. Because as yeah. soon as they started going crazy, they just won point after point. And yeah, yeah. It, it was just cool. I just I like it. I'm a fan of the Paris crowd honestly just it's um, ras
1: um, I've been to the Rolling Garros twice before, and um yeah it's, always, it's great when they're, they're told that you know place abandoned due to darkness you know you just got 15,000 people mm-hmm. refusing to leave for a good 10 minutes without getting their money's worth of yeah, yeah, for it is it
0: can, it, they, can take the, they can take the piss eventually definitely to be fair I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that yeah I was thinking before we closed, we could very quickly cover the Billie Jean, Cup. Billie yes, Jean like, King uh, Cup.
1: For some reason, the governing body don't seem to want people to watch it. It's not, you know, you can't mm-hmm. watch it easily. Um, Madness, yeah. again, which is effectively the World Cup of Tennis and um, yeah. the Lever Cup Exhibition. I, mean, I love just giving a dig at the Lever Cup. The Lever Cup Exhibition is easier to watch <laughs> than the Billie Jean mm-hmm. King Cup or mm-hmm. a Cup. Um, team World uh, where in America is it going to be held next year anyway rant over so. <laughs> I'm not really that surprised I've got to say i like um, I don't
0: know I, I feel like Billie Jean King Cup and the Davis Cup are, are not really getting the podium maybe they, they deserve
1: they've not had it for years um, it's a big problem that I yeah. think the sports field to, to recognise you know you see Jamie Murray I think moaned about best of five sets in Davis Cup and then he's, you know, too much tennis. Then he's got this, you know, battle of the Brits event at the end of the year, Scotland mm-hmm. versus England. And he said he had too much tennis and it's been played in December.
0: I am going to that, though,
1: to be fair, Gav, so I can't oh, it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. live reporter then. Yeah. <laughs> but for um, <laughs> <laughs> I me, mean, nah, it's pants, it's rubbish. It's got properly, best of five sets. Have it yeah. in, you know, proper countries, grow the game. Seems simple, but it's all about the money.
0: Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Um, yeah sorry so the 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 winners of the Billie Jean King Cup I was getting sidetracked there into your uh, rant uh, heaven yes. there Gav, I love it um, Russia ended up winning the Billie Jean, Jean King Cup I'm sure mm-hmm. I've had this tongue twisted before haven't I um, um, yes, I'll keep it's, trying it's hopefully with
1: 23 minutes past 10 I'll give you I'll
0: give yeah you. Is. hopefully I'll be able to avoid seeing it as much as possible they won the mm-hmm. title against Switzerland their first title since 2008 and their fifth overall having come runner up three times since then, Czech Republic twice and Italy once. The team, so Kasichina beat Teichmann in the final, Samsonova beat Bencic, that was the only two matches played. Mm-hmm. There was a bit of controversy around it. Yes, yes. Basically, Pavlyuchenko was meant to play the match against Bencic mm-hmm. up until 15 minutes before the match when she pulled out with yes. a knee injury.
1: That that. That's proper, that's club tennis tactics. I know it. That's well
0: club well, like, tact. yeah. It's it's with it's within the rules of course, but in doing so, Samsonova played Bencic, who had a two nil record going into that match with them with her, and inevitably she won the match. So improved her record to three 0 It's a pretty bad matchup for Benchich, etc. You know, um, she hits the ball massive, and Benchich's counter attacking yeah, techniques don't work so quite it's as well. Not
1: within the rules. It's within the spirit. It's not within the spirit yeah. of the game, but it's within the rules. And um, you know, Russell, exactly. they will argue. Well, we, we want to win. We're here to win. We're going to use the rules to our advantage. But it's only going to say? Well, you know, it's not within the spirit of the game. Is it within mm-hmm. the spirit of the game? No. What's the easy solution? We'll just change the rule. Yes, that's that's the easiest way to fix that. Yes, Um, that's true. That's true. But would Switzerland have complained had they won the match? Probably not. You get it with lucky losers as well. Look at Brooksby pulling out a couple of hours before Murray played for changes in the whole dynamic. It's difficult one at the end of the day. It's not as if they were cheating in terms of taking performance enhancers or anything like that. It's not like that. It's like you've you've still got to play a match regardless of whether you play that player or that player. It's got to change it up. They are professional players. You could say, you know, bite your tongue and deal with it, but yeah. it's not ideal. It's within the It's against the spirit of the game. If it's within the rules, they're always going to do it if you, know, you get an advantage.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, biting to- biting tongues wasn't yeah. on the agenda, Gav, because Teichman yeah. tweeted, is it a compliment if your opponent has to cheat to beat you 10 minutes before walk-on? Um, well,
1: that's a which... classic Twitter shade that everyone will regret within about a week and delete it. I know. It. Um, somebody shot that.
0: Yeah. I get it. I get it. To be fair, and I'm I sure do, I might, get it
1: as well. Um, it's just a mess. The, the, the way to fix it's just change the rule. Um, yeah, they won't do that, of course. Um, yeah,
0: just just interestingly, in case uh, anybody isn't aware of the significance of this, so obviously you could argue. So if Pavlja Papis, Jankova had said at the start of the the tie that she was pulling out, it would have been Samson over playing Teichman rather than Benčić. Yeah. So it would have been the higher ranked player uh, playing. So normally the higher-ranked player plays number one spot unless there's an injury substitute. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's why there's a bit of shade around it, you know. Did Pavyshenkova really know up until sort of 20 minutes before the match he had a knee injury?
1: It's one of those ones you'll never know. It's just a bit of a mess, really, isn't it? I mean, it's professional tournament and and this is what's happening.
0: I think you're quite right. I think you're quite right, though, Gav. Yeah, the end of the day, it should just be the rule. Yeah, just change your I think that's it. Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: ITF, you're um, listening. Change the rule. That's it. Yeah, Boom. And make exactly. it easy to watch. Don't makers don't have to jump through hoops to watch it. You know what I mean. Yes, hundred percent agree you're with that. A proper streaming service or TV exactly. channel of choice. Just, just put yeah. on a normal channel.
0: Yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I I thought I'd just run through the Russian team and let you know um, how there's a lovely little end to the season. To all of their well, almost all of their good seasons. So Pavlyuchenkova re- reached her first Slam final this year. Also won Olympic gold in the mixed. Mm-hmm. Good way to end the season. Samsonova ranked up from 127 to 39 in the world. For me, Samsonova the biggest improver probably of this year Definitely. in the women's Definitely. game. Definitely. Even Raducanu, I think, who obviously won the US Open. I still think Samsonova. Yeah, well, in it's terms consistency, of
1: distance, isn't it? We yeah, can, we
0: can't stop. exactly. Yep, Kasatkina most titles in a season for her. Uh, most finals as well, including yes. a title in our home country. Yes. Kuda Matova, first title, uh, she won it in Charleston. Amazing double season as well, a Masters and a Grand Slam final. Mm-hmm. And Alexandrova, not so good, but she did finish the season with that final yeah. in Moscow a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a really good season for all of them, I think it's not that surprising that this they, they've won their first title since 2008. Definitely, I think all of yeah, those players good, are... Yeah,
1: it's, you know, that's a very yeah. strong team there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, fair play, team. well done. Uh, yeah. We'll have the Davis Cup soon, whenever that is and wherever you can watch it. Uh, God knows, at this point, you'll be able to literally search through the online mm-hmm. stream, because I, I think it's in Tennis Channel International to be fair, but just put it all in one place. Like you don't just... I
0: know. Um, I just wanted to tell about my favourite player of the tournament. For me, it was Ben Chich. Big great tennis all week, ups her level for a country pretty much every time. Obviously, we saw that with Olympic gold this year. Mm-hmm. Amazing against top ranked players. She actually improved her record to 13 4 against top five players since 2015. Oh. That yeah, it's massive, really that's a big brilliant. deal. Yeah, yeah um, she's kind of counter attacky. Uh, that, that, that's why she's not so good against big hitters that are lower ranked than her, but she's so good against the sort of more f- uh, finesse. Higher ranked players, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, so she beat Tom Lanovich, Krejcikova and Kerber this week. Yeah. So, hats off to it's Just uh, one short, unfortunately. Uh, last thing, Gav. Uh, Britain. They have got their opponents for next year yes. in the Billie Jean King Cup against yeah. Czech Republic.
1: Yeah, it's not a way tie, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, got a I know we played a couple of ties at home, but you know, there's sometimes a knack of a way tie. You know, Getting away mm-hmm. time it's a bit unfortunate, but mm-hmm. it's what it is.
0: It's probably the worst uh, team they could have got, to be yeah. honest, I would have a said. That's a bad
1: draw. But, yeah. You know, all to play for, nothing to lose, go out there and, you know, who knows? You know, women's mm-hmm. tennis, anything can happen. Well, men's tennis as well, but especially women's tennis. It's a night. I mean, I would not want to be betting women's tennis at all. I would never put myself to that. No,
0: no, no, no.
1: definitely not. I'd be in the red very quickly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I uh, just a parting thought for you guys Heather Watson is 100% against Carolina Pliskova so if Pliskova does happen to play who knows Absolutely. that was a
1: great start there I just pulled I out of the that was Mark Pett would have been proud there
0: yeah that notice, that, notice I said 100% not 1-0 but yeah 100% that's <laughs> yeah. <pretty good. laughs> yeah exactly <Pretty> good. <laughs> so fingers crossed for that one yeah I'm looking forward to it <laughs> Thanks for staying this long. Well, it lasted a wee while, didn't it, Gav? podcast, yeah.
1: that
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got quite a bit covered there. Um, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, if you want to catch any of our work, usual catch me on Jack Catch Gav on last word on tennis. He might be doing some
1: I'm predictions really doing again. Some predictions at some point this week. I don't know. Yeah, potentially. But, uh, if you want to put yourself to that, uh, you yeah. Can look at my profile. Give me a wee follow on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Gav might get the call up at uh, five in the morning. We'll see. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. maybe, maybe, yeah, potentially. Maybe. Um, thanks very much, everybody, for joining us. This has been the Online Tennis Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. Thank, sure. you. Thank you. Bye.